Welcome to the Whistle Way Podcast. My name is Kyle Whistle, your host with Whistle Realty Group and EXP Realty here in San Diego. My name is Brian Kochi, Media and Marketing Director at Whistle Realty Group here in San Diego. Cool. The goal of the show is to give you the tools, techniques, and tactics that you need to go out there and crush it in your business, whether that be real estate, mortgage, or really just any business out there. And we like to do that in 30 minutes or less. We want this to be the show that you can consume on your way to or way home from work, assuming, hey, it's COVID, maybe you aren't going to work, but uh, whenever you're going to pick up some food or something <laughs> weird like that, because it's a COVID world and things are just kind of weird right now. Um, the way that we like to do that is to answer the questions that you have for us, rather than us guessing what you want to hear about, we just listen to what you want to hear about. And if you have questions you want us to answer on the show, simply go to thewhistleway.com. You can ask us questions on there. You could join our Facebook group where we share little snippets from our office meetings. We're getting um, back to it. And some of the tools and techniques and stuff that we're using internally in our team that we like to share with everybody else out there. Uh, you can also subscribe to the podcast. Uh, so if you're watching this on YouTube, you can subscribe to the podcast. If you're listening to the podcast and want to watch us, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, you can also join our referral network. we got a lot of referrals headed out of San Diego uh, these days. And lastly, you can find out about our upcoming events like our Media Mayor Mastermind event, which is currently a virtual version at a fraction of the cost of the live version. Um, and this is 16 hours of content spread out over eight weeks. So we do two hours of content per week in little modules and really teach you everything that Brian and I have learned over the last nearly six years of creating videos together. We've created thousands of videos that have had tens of millions of views and we're breaking it down everything that we've learned during that time period. So, and my widget for today, we're going to talk about something that we talked about in all three of our previous masterminds and how that is not my system of choice anymore. I'm switching it over. All right. So, cool. that. so what's the question today, Brian? Kyle, how is the market? So obviously you get this question over and over and over again. People ask it all the time. Um, and especially now during COVID, it's it's more, I get, I would assume it's more prevalent than normal. I mean, I get people asking me all the time, how do you answer this? You answer a question with a question. Okay. So the worst thing that you can do when somebody asks you that is assume that you know why they're asking, right? I mean, the Tom Ferry teaches this too, and it, you want to respond back like, well, it depends. It's almost like an attorney response right that's like the thing i hate the response it depends i'm like it's fine <laughs> if you say it depends but you got to follow it up with something yeah when they always go it depends fucking yeah. go yeah it depends <laughs> are you looking at buying selling or investing okay right you want to narrow it down to those three now you could could add a few other ones to it but those are really or refinancing would be the fourth one um but those are typically where people are uh curious about doing something is one of those four areas, buying, selling, investing, or refinancing. So you want to find out where's their level of curiosity. And then let's talk to that. Because if somebody's curious about refinancing and you start talking about, oh my God, there's no inventory right now and homes are selling super fast. So like, I want to like, should I refinance? Like that's cool and all, but should I be refinancing? Um, conversely, if you start talking about, oh my God, rates are the lowest they've ever been. It's amazing. And they're like, well, I mean, I was thinking about selling my house. Like, Right, so you wanna know what somebody's thinking about, right? Because if they're asking it, they've got some sort of thought in their head. They're thinking about doing something. Whether they're thinking about doing it today, next week, next month, or next year, they're thinking about doing something, right? That's why they ask. People are always very curious of what's going on. So you wanna find out where their head is at and then talk to it. 
Okay. Don't try to cover all four either. That's another mistake I see people make is they'll be like, oh, well, if you're looking to buy, it means this. If you're looking to sell, it means this. If you're looking to invest, it means this. Like, whoa, Turbo, like chill <laughs> the fuck out, right? Like they didn't need to know all that information. So that's one of the things is just you want to ask a little bit more detail and find out what they're thinking and then speak to it. Okay. Are that's there other questions that. that you would follow up with after you ask that question? Obviously, you followed them down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, but what... What are some other questions that are important to ask? I think, you know, it's just going to depend if they're looking to sell. If they like, oh, I'm interested in selling. Oh, man, that's awesome. Are you guys going to be staying here local or are you going to be moving out of the area, right? Like that's where you're probably going to go if they're selling. If they're looking at buying, you're going to ask, oh, that's awesome. Are you guys currently renting or do you own your existing I'm Trying to property? see if they're a, a, a Betty, Betty Sue. Sue. Right? Betty are they just a Beth? Are they also a Susan, a.k.a. a Betty Sue? Um, so we want to ask that type of question if they're buying, if they're looking to invest, then I want to find out like, that's super exciting. You're looking to invest. Do you have existing investments here in San Diego? Because I got to understand what type of a conversation we're going to have, right? If I, like I'm working with an investor right now, the guy has no fucking idea what he's talking about. He's completely lost. So like, I've got to understand I'm having an elementary school conversation with this person where other people all they want to know is like, what's the cap? What's the multiplier? What's the debt service coverage ratio? Like I say those words with this guy. He's like, what are you talking about? I have no idea. I'm like, okay. So that's where if I'm talking to an investor, I need to know what their experience level is so I can talk at their level. Because if I talk below them, they're going to think I'm stupid. And if I talk over them, I'm going to intimidate them. So I need to know where their level is at. And then if they're thinking about refinancing, I don't necessarily want to say, oh my God, the rates are the best they've ever been. What if they just refinance? Like, I don't know if it's great. I would just ask them, oh, it, you know, where is your rate currently at? That'll help me give you some guidance on if it might be a good time or not. So you always just want to ask questions. I think one of the things that we assume um, or make the mistake of doing too often is just jumping to conclusions. Yep. And some of it is like we've heard scripts or we've practiced scripts and we're so excited to use them. We just like, <laughs> somebody's like, oh, how's the market? Oh my God, the market's so good right now. I just want to tell you all about it. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Ask another question, like figure out where you're going with the conversation. So um, I think that's a big thing is, is you got to ask questions. You got to know who you're talking to, where they're at. And then like John Black says a lot, meet them where they're at. Okay. So is, is the market pretty similar across the nation right now? Right now we're filming this. It's the end of August. I would say no. Okay. Because, you know, I'm looking at, I'm a data junkie. And so I look at like the showing time statistics, right? And it talks about year over year change and showing activity. Now, this is what's kind of weird to me. In California, it's up 90 plus percent. Nationwide, it's like 15 percent. Okay. Now, that's weird because we have a lot of people leaving um, San Diego at the same time or California. So it's kind of weird. Huh. So, but the, the correct answer is it depends. It's not the same everywhere. And it's going to depend like, New York City right now, there's a ton of people getting out of New York City because it's a very vertical. So a lot of the communities or cities where they're very vertical, high rises, they're, that's a different market than the suburbs. So like New York, for example, okay. as we've come gone through COVID, New York City is not doing nearly as well as the surrounding suburbs like the Hamptons. So, so let's just assume we're talking the ultra wealthy. They're trying to get out of their condos as fast as they can and go buy houses in the Hamptons where they have a lot of space. and and there's a beach and everything, and they have pools. Um, the same thing like San Francisco, especially San Francisco is a very unique market because it's so tech heavy. Yeah. And it's very vertical in a lot of, now there's plenty of suburbs in San Francisco, but in downtown San Francisco, like 
it's very vertical. So now you've got all these big tech companies, um, and not not just San Francisco, but just the Bay Area in general, like vertical living is already, you know, suffering. And then you've got all the tech companies, which virtually every major tech company out there has said, it's work from home for the foreseeable future or forever. Yeah, I think so. Didn't why Google do you say wanna, Yeah, forever? so it's like, why do I want to go live in the Bay Area where I'm paying $2 million for a 1,500 square foot home when I could go up to Sacramento and I could get 15,000 square feet for $2 million yeah. or I could come down to San Diego, right? And I could get, you know, 5,000 square foot home for that price. So yeah. it, I would say it's not the same across the entire country. Um, and also just the political climate too, right? Like some people are leaving red states to go to blue states and blue states to go to red states. Like I had uh, some of our, our video buddies, they just left Portland because Portland is, uh, I don't want this to get political, but it's gone very blue. It's gone very left. And there's literally riots every single day right now. And people are like, screw this, I'm out of here. Like this has just gotten to be too much. And there's people leaving. Um, but then there's also people leaving places that have gotten too red and they want to go blue. Like, so interesting. Yeah. God, that's, that's nuts. Okay. So that's, that's your answer is it depends. So, okay. So let's give some, <laughs> some solid numbers now. So let's look at San Diego. Um, obviously not everyone listening to this is in San Diego, but if you're thinking about either moving to San Diego, you have clients moving to San Diego. I think there's some, there's some value in this data. So, How's the market in San Diego if you're looking to buy? So if you are looking to buy, again, I would follow up. And are let's, you let's renting or owning? Okay. So go ahead. So Kyle, how's the market? Well, Brian, it depends. Are you curious about buying, selling, or investing? What are you thinking about doing? Buying. Buying? Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's super exciting. Do you currently own a place now or are you renting? I'm renting. Where are you renting at? In Santee. In Santee? Yes. Okay. Cool. Where are you thinking about moving to? I still want to stay East County. Okay. What is it that you love about East County? I like that I can get a lot for my money and my all my family's in East County. Okay. Very cool. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. You got your family. How many people in your family? Well, it's my wife and I and a baby on the way. Um, and we've got our extended family parents and aunts and uncles live in East County. Okay. So are we looking to get a little bit more space, it sounds like? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And what's going to be important to you in an ideal home? Probably a, four bedrooms and a big backyard. Yeah, that, that seems to be something that's pretty important these days. I'm hearing a lot of people talking about pools, too. Is that something that's on your guys' list? <laughs> that's a very maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that's a firm maybe. Yes. Uh, but, I mean, that's the direction that we're okay. going, right? It's, it's a lot of questioning. It's not – you realize, right, I'm not talking to you. I'm actually asking you questions. I'm yeah. trying to get you to talk. So, I mean, there's that saying out there that you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. You should listen twice as much as you talk. Does that so, mean you should smell twice as much as you talk to? No, that would mean you smell once. Uh, you, you smell got two equally. nostrils. Two nostrils? I guess you could do that, but it's one nose. It all goes in the same place. Uh, <laughs> but you know what's funny is like we use call action. This is something that's really cool. Um, with call action, when you're making phone calls, at the end of every call, it'll give you a report, and it tells you how much you talked versus how much they talked. That's it's very really interesting. really good. You know what you find is in the beginning – People tend to do the majority of the talking when they're newer because they feel like they have to talk more and they just talk and talk and talk. And you look and they're like, they're the agent talk time is like 80% and the client talk time is like 20. And then as you start to get better and better, like now most of my calls, I'm talking 20, right? And the, the other person's talking 80. Like the better job you could do of asking thought provoking questions that get people to talk and elaborate. And that's where like we talk about the Zillow ALM thing. Like there's such simple questions, right? Like, 
what was it that attracted you to this home, right? Or this home is in Santee. Are there some other homes in Santee you'd like to see? Because what that's going to do is it's going to get them to talk about, well, we're also looking at some stuff in El Cajon or Lakeside or wherever, right? Like it gets people talking. So it's funny how you could just ask these, you know, five to 10 word questions that could get people to talk sometimes for five to 10 minutes. It's funny. I was talking to my coach this morning, Jason Pantana, the Tom Ferry Network, and he watched that one. He goes, at first, I absolutely hated that episode. He goes, in the beginning, I thought this is horrible. You you have a responsibility to ask more questions to your client to make sure that you're not showing up and, and they're some sort of crazy person. Um, but he's like, as I listened to it, I realized how genius it was, how you have the callback. Um, you set up a callback and you get more of that information and just give them what they want and, and build on it. So if you guys haven't listened to that episode, check that out, episode out. It's called The Death of LP Mama, L-P-M-A-M-A. Yeah, so that one I think is probably one of our, one that threw people for a loop the most, but I think it's probably going to be our best episode so far. I know um, that Zillow sent us a message and we're like, this this podcast is amazing. We love it. Like they're sending it around internally at Zillow. It's kind of great. Cool. Yeah. Um, so what I heard you say during your interview or when I asked you how the market is, you didn't really answer how the market is. You just went, you just basically said, are you buying, selling, or investing? And then went down that rabbit hole. Um, so that could be really good if the market is. Because I met you where you were at. Yeah. Because what the question people ask a lot of times isn't the, the question that they actually want to ask. Yeah. They, they don't even know <laughs> what they want. And your job is to use questions to help them uncover that and help them arrive at, at that destination. You know, I'm curious. Would it be more valuable if you kind of flipped it and if they said, how's the market? And, it's, and you've, if you said, it depends, are you renting or owning? Or do you, do you rent or do you own your place? Because that could still help you split that way, right? You could. I mean, you're, you're going to ask it regardless of the order. Like sometimes we talk about like uh, team splits and people are like, well, does the broker split happen first or does the team split happen first? I'm like, it's the same damn thing, right? At the end of the day, it's yeah. the same thing. You're going to go through both of them one way or the other. It's just the order in which you go through them. I think if I were answering it, I would ask that question first. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost more, I feel like that's more of a direct question. I think that's more direct and it could be more intimidating if I'm like, well, do you own or rent? Like that feels more like I'm sizing you up, I think. I hear you. Because it's like, well, do you own a home or not? Like it, yeah, I hear it feels like I'm sizing you up. I'm like measuring you to see if you're, you meet my, my bar. Well, just don't say it that way. Just don't be a dick about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well. But that, that's the most important thing though. And in, in your scripting is it's all about asking questions. Like if you're watching this, if you're listening to this, this is what you need to be focused on. You've got to practice the art of asking questions. Something that I learned, and, and we should probably title that this one, is it's you got to do two things in your conversations. It's either answer and ask or acknowledge and ask. Mm-hmm. This is one of the most valuable sales skills I've ever learned. Answer and ask, acknowledge and ask. Because that's how you control a conversation is you are the one who's asking the questions. The other person's talking. They're feeling as though they're in control of the conversation because they're talking more, which is why rookie salespeople talk more because they feel like they controlled the conversation by talking more. But as you become more experienced, you understand that the person who's asking the most questions is actually controlling the conversation. So anytime somebody tells you something, acknowledge what they've told you or answer the question that they've asked 
and then you follow up with a question. That's how you keep conversations going. That's how you extend conversations. And it's how you get into the actual motivation that somebody has, right? So finding out like you're looking to move, you're looking to upsize because you have a kid on the way. Like you get to that by asking questions. If you ask me, how's the market? And you said you're looking to buy. And I'm like, oh my God, it's a great time to buy. Like, But I wouldn't know why you're moving. I wouldn't know that you're moving because you want more space for your growing family, right? You get to that destination by asking more questions. So mm -hmm. anytime somebody asks you a question or just makes a statement, if they ask a question, answer, and then ask a follow-up question. If they make a statement, acknowledge, ask a follow-up question. Keep the questions going. That's how you control a conversation and you get to the ultimate destination. Now, and that reminds me of one little thing before we move on. Um, and I... I don't remember. I think it was Mark Z that said it in the Wailopo Agent Smackdown, which was killer. Um, it might have been Lamakia. I don't remember exactly who it was, but it, they said during a conversation, you're doing one of two things. You're either asking a question or you're telling a story. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, and I've never thought about, about it that way, but telling a story or asking a question and as I heard that, I've, I've been thinking about that a lot more as I've kind of gone through. And so it's just kind of interesting to kind of check yourself each time and say, am I telling a story or am I asking a question? And look at that. I asked a question in my story. Problem solved. All right. Um, so cool. That right. is how you answer how's the market by asking a bunch of questions and not telling them how the market is. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how that works. It's funny, right? We, we ran this uh, billboard and postcard campaign and it's you saw your home sold in 72 hours ran this. And... The funny thing is the people that call, like you don't even get into this 72 hour conversation. It, it's funny how yeah. that works because then you just get in and you start finding out the motivation and the 72 hour is meaningless. It, it's about where are you going and how can we help you? So, Which um, we changed that campaign, so yeah. just FYI. Yeah, you guys out there in Arizona, got you, don't worry. Um, <laughs> cool, so the other thing that we like to do to finish out the show is we want to tell you about our widget, what we refer to as a whistle widget of the week. This is something we're using in our business. It saves us time, makes us more money, or just helps us have more fun. What do you got for us today, Brian? So mine um, helps me save time and helps me really make sure that I commit to my processes. So if you've been to our Media Mayor Mastermind, if you're in our Facebook group, The Whistle Way, you've heard us talk over and over and over again about Trello.com. It's a great way to kind of build a process and have, we like to do a do, doing, done board. board. It's all sorts of stuff. Um, I'm moving away from Trello, um, which is a great system, it's a free system, um, but I'm moving my team away, or we're moving the entire company, but we're working on transitioning my media team away from Trello and into monday.com. And so some of the things that I really, really like about Monday is it's very visible throughout, so I can see what Tom's working on, I can see what Chad's working on. Um, that's pretty similar to, to Monday or to Trello. The great thing is all of the automations built in. So I can basically, if I change the status to done, it sends an email to my listing manager, to her assistant, to the um, agent in charge. Hey, here are your photos. I can change the emails. I can automate so many things based on if one thing happens, then do another thing. It's literally changing how we're following up, how we're um, touching base with our agents, how we're touching base with our clients. We're doing everything on it. So Monday.com, it's not a inexpensive system, um, but it's say like I want to say it's saving me time, and it would if I were to follow through my, on my tasks 100% of the time. 
what it's really doing is it's making sure my process gets followed without it taking me more time. So my goal is to always send the agent the photos when they're done. But sometimes I just send them to the listing manager. And, and so it's a, it's a, it's a game changer. I, I built probably 10 boards on it this last week. Um, that's just really helping. Yeah, it's basically Trello and Zapier got married, made a baby, and Monday came out. And Monday is freaking amazing. So huge, huge fan of Monday. Yep. Uh, the one that I'm using is also a huge time saver. Uh, one of the things is there's so many different systems, websites, things that we have to access in our business. And a lot, like, yes, you can have like bookmarks that can help us to, to find some of those things. But sometimes we're on this computer, we're on that computer. We need to tell somebody how to access this, tell somebody how to access that. And it, the bookmarks are good when it's your computer, but when you need to send it to somebody, it's a whole nother animal. And so something that I'm a huge fan of is that you should have some sort of domain. I just have kylewhistle.com. Um, and then you register subdomains for that. So a subdomain would be like monday.kylewhistle.com. So if any of you guys want to check out Monday, just go to monday.kylewhistle.com. That'll automatically forge you into the Monday system. It's our referral code. So it'll hook you up with a little something. It'll hook up us, us up with a little something. But now if somebody's like, hey, how do I access that Monday system you talked about? Monday.kylewhistle.com. Somebody's like, how do you access the StreamYard system you guys use? StreamYard.kylewhistle.com. I don't have to remember that Like my referral lo link for it is StreamYard.com slash question mark 5674 capital Q lowercase r MLV. Like I don't have to remember that or I don't have to go find in. it every time <laughs> and then copy and paste it and send it to you. It's just streamyard.kylewhistle.com, right? So we do stuff like that. We also use those subdomains for things like, is a condo FHA approved? The URL for that is so damn long, but fha.kylewhistle.com. It'll forward you right to the website. Oh, you want to find out if a condo is VA approved? VA.kylewhistle.com. How so, do you come up with these names, Kyle? They're so, so clever. They're captivating, <laughs> aren't they? Man. And so here's the beautiful thing. I've seen other people do stuff like this, and they have like 50 domains, um, and it's like, Zoom with bobsmith.com. And then it's like Monday with bobsmith.com. They're like registering a different domain for every single thing. There's no reason to do that. And like, that it's expensive. Yeah, you're, that way you're paying for every domain individually. With a subdomain, you need one. It costs you like 20 bucks a year. You could have, I don't know if there's a limit on subdomains. I've got over 100 of them. I'll say we haven't come close yet. Yeah, I like don't I don't know. know if there's a limit on subdomains, but I've got like 100 subdomains just because it's so much easier. Any system I need to remember monday.kylewhistle.com, streamyard.kylewhistle.com, sisu.kylewhistle.com. Like, it just makes it easy to remember those things. So whether I need to access them or I need to give you access to them, I don't have to think about what's the URL or go find my bookmark and copy and paste it or log in and search for the referral link. And like, I don't have to do any of that stuff. It's just that easy. And so we have domains on both HostGator and GoDaddy. Yeah. GoDaddy's easier. Just, it's I, easier I for me. Yeah. It, 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 it's it's that, easier for me to, to tweak the, the subdomains. It's not hard either way. It, literally to set up a subdomain takes me less than one minute. It's cake. So I was just I'll trying to give highly. Just do that one. Options. Fine. But it, most people are comfortable with GoDaddy. So I actually think it's harder to get to the subdomain on GoDaddy. Maybe it's just because I've done it more. Yeah. I don't know. I always forget is it subdomain or redirects or yeah. got a bunch. Anyways. Doesn't matter. All right, cool. Well, hopefully you guys got some value out of that. Again, if you have questions you want to have us answer on a future episode of the show, just go to thewhistleway.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast or YouTube channel on there. You can join our referral network so we can send those people leaving California your direction. 
Um, you can also find out about our upcoming Media Mayor Mastermind events, which I know we're going to put one together here uh, in the fall. So stay tuned for that, thewhistleway.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Whistleway Podcast. See you guys next week.